greatest new podcast in the world. From WWE to DNA Impact. By way of the NWA, it's time for Reffing It Up. With legendary referee Brian Hebner. An all new episode starts in... This, this is Reffing It Up. Welcome back to another episode of Reffing It Up with Brian Hebner. I am the man with the magical voice, RJ. He is and forever will be the man in the stripes, Mr. Brian Hebner. Brian, what's up, man? Not a whole lot, man. Um, really actually kind of excited about this show uh, that we're doing this week because this is the first one we've done where we, and uh, I mean, man, we didn't give the uh, listeners much of a time frame to uh, get submitted some questions. So they had basically less than 24 hours and we got quite a bit of feedback. Uh, we could take them all, but we took what we could and uh, uh, we'll try and work through the whole thing. But I'm really excited about tackling these questions. And uh, I don't know a lot of them because they were sent over to the uh, Reffin and Up account. So, and I don't check that much. So, um, but yeah, so I'm excited about that. And then um, before we get going, I touched on this last week and I just want to say that my uh, thoughts and prayers go out to everybody in Florida. Um, what a freaking mess out there. Um, I swear I really wish that I had the time and, and money to to go out that way and, and help out with the devastation and do what I can. But I am going to donate some money to them uh, as far as that goes. And I hope everyone else does too, because that place is really, really, really messed up. And I feel really bad for a lot of my friends out there. I, I did talk to uh, Dave Penzer, um, as many of you probably saw us exchange on Twitter, because I was messing around talking about getting him on the show. And <laughs> Lord, Lord behold, he wants to get on, so we'll probably get him on here soon. Um, but he has to get, you know, it okay through the, uh, the uh, I don't know what to call him. But anyway, um, the man who who makes the decisions over there. The office. The office. Yeah, I don't want to put him over. I don't even want to say his name. Um, but anyway, uh, so anyway, but I do want to say, uh, you know, to all you people out there in Florida and if you're listening, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very sorry about uh, all your losses. And it's, I know it's tough. And um, this is my plea to everybody that's listening. If you want to give a few dollars, every few dollars helps out there. And uh, it's a mess, man. It's going to take years and years if it ever really gets back to where it was. Yeah, it's um, I actually have my sister-in-law and her husband are down in that that area of South Florida there, that St. Pete's, St. Petersburg area and a little bit south of that. And it's just, they, they're very fortunate. They got a bunch of solar panels that they had on top of their house come off. Their shed basically got knocked down because of the floods and um, they're fortunate. They're still haven't lost a lot, but it, it, it's tough in general for a lot of people down there. I can't imagine uh, going through the, a hurricane like that. It's being in the Northeast. We're so used to being into snowstorms more so by me um, in blizzards and what have you. And don't know the, uh, significance of a hurricane until you know it affects you personally but yeah definitely thoughts and prayers down to everybody in florida that uh, hopefully uh, we recover recover soon but if uh, you know every little bit helps go over donate to the american red cross i know they do a lot of great work down there currently um and it, it and it's just not in florida too we've seen a lot up in the carolinas up into a little bit more northern states not as as bad but um, definitely give, uh, give as much as you can. Uh, but you know, one more thing, one more thing. Um, and I have to say this, and, and this is not to be a joke, but this is something for people to think about. Um, 
this grand idea about electric cars. Uh, can you imagine what would happen right now if everyone in Florida had an electric car with no power? They, I mean, come on. Um, it's just it's something to think about. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that we don't need to preserve the air. I'm not saying that. But um, electric cars are not the answer. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. But uh, with that being said, let's send it up to our first count. And let's get the show rolling. It's Kurt Angle, 1996 Olympic gold medalist and 13-time world professional wrestling champion for Curable Active. My job for years as a top professional wrestler was to give millions of wrestling fans five-star matches they would remember for a lifetime. But to do my job, I had to put my body on the line. Unfortunately, I'm paying the price with injuries I've had on the mat and in the pro wrestling ring. My neck, which I broke five times, and I just had double knee replacement surgery, so I know pain. Aches and pains are part of life and pain sucks. You can suffer with it or manage it with all natural Curable Active. This decision changed my life. I apply Curable Active daily to my achy areas for soothing pain relief. If Curable Active can get me through my day, there's a good chance it can help you too. Get Curable Active just like thousands of others and save 20% today. Go to curable.com, use promo code KURT20. That's K-U-R-I-B-L.com, code K-U-R-T-20. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your first count. Brian, so we, we have a little bit of news going into this weekend. We have the Extreme Rules pay-per-view for WWE coming to Philadelphia this Saturday. A uh, couple big things happening there. We have Daniel Cormier, who's a former MMA, current MMA superstar, uh, will serve as a special guest referee for Saturday's fight pit match pitting Matt Riddle against Seth Rollins. Uh, dude, I uh, I don't know what to think about this. I really don't. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm just – I'm so excited about it. I, I'm going to watch the pay-per-view just because he's going to be the referee. Oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, have me for a second, Brian. Have me for a second. No. I, 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 I You know, it is what it is. It's going to be a guest referee. Um I personally don't think this is going to grab one extra viewer to watch this, to my opinion. And why is he the referee? What happened? What transpired? Once again, this must be something I missed storyline-wise because I have no clue why this guy is in the ring as a referee. Well, my understanding, and this came out, Ariel Hawani, who works for ESPN, he's their MMA uh, analyst for ESPN, came out with the news. Uh, saying that Daniel Cormier was a special referee. My understanding is because of the type of match that it is and being that Matt Riddle is a former MMA uh, fighter and the fact that this is a very bitter, bitter feud between Seth and, and Matt. So they wanted somebody in there that could actually keep them separated and keep, keep, keep everything going the right way. And Cormier is that guy. And I think Cormier has that relationship, which I was surprised with this, that he didn't do something with Brock because he's got a long history, history with Brock. Okay. I mean, then, then that would make more sense than this. Oh, uh, it just, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. And, and, and anybody that listens to our show each week knows that I'm big into story and big into reasoning for story. And this is no story at all. Once again, it's just thrown together. Um, they're probably paying a guy a lot of money to basically not bring two shits to the table. Um, like I said, I, I mean, if I was a fan, which I am a fan, I wouldn't spend a dollar 
extra to see this because he was in it. And what does it say to me sometimes when you have special guest referees that the regular referees can't handle it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be somebody brought in from another world, an MMA world, who he knows nothing about wrestling, by the way. Should we add that? Nothing. Uh, is this a, what is this, a no rules match or something? No, no DQ, what is this match? Pretty, pretty much. I don't, it's a, a fight pit match. Basically, no rules, basically. They're calling it a fight pit match? Fight pit match. Or what does that even mean? I'm trying to Google right now, but I don't. I, I it, it's hard to uh, it's it, it's hard to explain it. It's more. I think it's like you remember back in the day when uh, um, was it Ken Shamrock and Owen had the Lions Den match. Okay, but I get that more so. I get that. I mean, but my my but- understanding it's something like uh, something like that. They should have just. Oh my God! It doesn't so, matter. So my understanding, I got a picture here. Uh, the fight pit management. Blah, blah, blah. It's Please tell me something. The, that's what it looks like there. It's basically a giant cage. Uh, like, are they gonna? Are they gonna do that? Yeah, that's what it looks like they're doing. How they're doing it? Okay. All right. Well. Okay. I, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it's the fight pitch concept was originally introduced during the behind the behind closed doors era of WWE in 2020 and played off the MMA and UFC history of Matt Riddle. Uh, The structure sees the ring surrounded by cage match, like, or excuse me, by cage match like walls. And there is also a balcony plat slash platform on top of the walls. Uh, that the competitors can walk around. So basically, it is the version of um, the Lions Den. Uh, okay, it, it, it's their version of the Lions Den, but instead of being like an outside structure, like it was, I believe it was. Um, I can't remember. Was it SummerSlam? Maybe. Anyways, so it, what's the it, difference between that and and, and uh, Hell in a Cell? What's the difference? I mean, just the structure is different. This is just basically it's, it's a smaller version. It's not. I, there's no roof on it. It's just around, around the ring. Wow, that man! I understand why Cormier is the referee now. Golly, yeah. But I, I think it's just a matter of that. You know, a normal. There, my understanding is the concept is that a normal referee cannot keep keep rule of this this feud that they need somebody in there that can actually, you know, throw literally throw his weight around. Okay. All right. Let's go to the next subject. That's great. So, yeah. So another first that we're going to see at extreme rules is the first ever singles women's ladder match on the main roster. Uh, and it's for the raw women's championship. The champion Bianca Belair is taking on Bailey. Um, ever since Bailey came back at WrestleMania, She's been uh, Io Shirai and, uh, and Dakota Kai, part of that faction. Um, I, I think this is the proper build for it. Um, both very legitimate women's wrestlers uh, on the roster. And it's a ladder match. And, you know, ladder matches are cool, I guess. So I, it's going to be a matter of how what, what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, now, this is something I would – I would buy the paper before. Um, love who's in the match. 
love the stipulations and that the fact that this is the first single women's ladder match on the main roster, that's going to be big for them. And so you can best believe they're going to bring everything they got to the table, hold nothing back. And I can bet you this is probably going to be a really, really, really fascinating and good match. And I, and I think this type of match, though, too, with Bailey and Bianca Belair, this is a type of match that if I was me, see, even the dogs like this match. So I think it's a matter of that this match should lead off. It should start the pay-per-view. Uh, it is a type of match that you always want to start hot. You know, it goes back to WCW days where we had, you know, the cruiserweight start and really keep the keep the match going. And the fact that, you know, Bailey's been around for a while, Bianca is fairly new, but she's had the championship. She had been fighting literally everybody on the roster. Now it's Bailey's turn to really show what she can do on the main event or main event like matches. She's done um, a remarkable job, man, ever since she's gotten back. I mean, it's been really good and fascinating to watch. Um, I'm excited for it, man. I think it's going to be really good. I really do. I, I think that the, uh, because it is the first one that they've done, you know, in the main roster, I believe that they're really going to kill it. I, I, you, I just do. I think there's going to be some crazy, amazing spots that are going to be just out of this world, especially for two women that, you know, you probably haven't seen this out of really excited about it, man. Uh, uh this is, this is actually something I'm excited about. Uh, Daniel Cormier. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. It's just a matter of, I think this is the type of thing that they should have really kept off until Riyadh in Saudi Arabia, because this is something that will really, you, know, you want to, you know, the glitz and glamour kind of thing, you know, because we yes. have Logan Paul and Roman there. Maybe they don't want to upstage that. I don't know, but it's really the reasoning behind it, I think, is just because they want to get eyes on the pay-per-view, get people to buy it, to, you know, subscribe, whatever. And who knows? It may work, man. I really don't. It's not going to It doesn't work for me because I could care less about Cormier, to be honest with you. Oh, they, they could have just had a regular match. You still have the same match. You know, here's a, here's a, here's a shot in the dark. Why not bring in Kurt Angle? That would have been so good. That would have been so good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I like. But just bringing in Daniel Cormier just doesn't make sense to me. There's not, I don't have anything against him. It's not like that. Yeah. Um, but he's in another world to me. That's another world. Um, and it doesn't matter. To me, it's just, it, I don't know, man. I, it's, I guess it's just, you know, WWE is famous for bringing in people to, to, you know, big names to hopefully, you know, bring – media attention is my you know my opinion um they, they just want to get a rub off of the mma world they want to get a rub off espn um and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that i mean sometimes a lot of people would think that was smart i think it's smart but also you know but use it right you know that's just not the right way in my opinion kurt Angle would have been you're dead on there you're dead on that would have been perfect yeah. then i would have I would, then i would buy something like that i'd be like oh shit kurt's coming back he's gonna make you know golly what's gonna happen that would make me buy it. Not Daniel Cormier. I, I just don't get it. I don't. And what does does he know anything about rules? Does he know anything about he? Anything? He has never dabbled in the wrestling business. Then don't this get in it. First time, exactly. Then, then don't get in it. Leave it to us. Let us do it. Yeah.
you know, something else that's happened. It's going to be a hell of a weekend for professional wrestling. Saturday, we have Extreme Rules Friday. I know we talked about this briefly, and I wanted to bring this up now because we're still talking about current stuff. You know, Bound for Glory is Friday night for Impact Wrestling. If you guys have not yet ordered it, I would highly suggest you go over to Fight.TV, pre-order it now. It's, it's a hell of a card, Brian. Uh, I'll just run it down real quick so we have an, a little concept of it. Um, you have... The call your shot, call your shot gauntlet. Twenty wrestler intergender gauntlet battle royal. The winner receives a trophy and a contract. They can invoke any time within one year for a championship match of their choosing. Uh, we have uh, VXT Chelsea Green and Diana Perazzo putting the titles on the line against Jessica and Taya Valkyrie. You have Mickey James. Versus Mia Yim in a career-threatening match. If Mickey James loses, she will retire from in-ring competition. Uh, X Division Champion Mike Bailey putting his title on the line against Frankie Kazarian, which will be one hell of a match. Um, you have the Impact World Tag Team Champions Ano No More, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett taking on the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. You have your women's, or excuse me, your knockouts champion putting her title on the line, Jordan Grace, against Masha Slamovich. And then you have the world heavyweight championship match, the champion Josh Alexander taking on Eddie Edwards. And uh, as well as your pre-show, Brian Myers is putting his uh, Impact Digital Media Championship up for an open challenge. So, said a lot right there, Brian. What match you... What match are you looking forward to most? There's a couple of them, man. Um, but, 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 you know, if you're not watching TNA Impact or Impact, excuse me, always have to put TNA in there. I'm sorry. Sure. Um, no, you're good. Uh, their pay-per-views, and it's not because I used to work there. I mean, I've worked everywhere, so whatever. Uh, their pay-per-views are just off the chain. They really are. They're off the chain and so damn good. Uh, that the, the girls and guys bust their ass off and really put on a, a just an electrified show. I mean, they really, really do. Um, now I want to ask, uh, and I don't know if you know the answer. So I heard you say, Mickey, uh, if she loses, she will retire from in ring work. Correct. Uh, so is that like everywhere or just an impact? Does it say it just says in ring competition? So I'm assuming it just it's an impact. Wow, that's huge. Okay. Um, my, my understanding. Right. From what and there's I some other, there's some other base storylines there too, that are underneath that I'm not going to go into, but sure. that's, that's going to be a very interesting match. Um, uh, I, I'm I really, I'm really excited about most of it, to be honest with you. Uh, I really am. Um, I can't wait for Friday. I'm going to watch it. And, um, uh, I really can't wait to watch it. Uh, I think the tag match is going to be phenomenal. Uh, the Mike Daly match, as you touched on, is going to be absolutely extraordinary. Just nuts yeah. um the main event's gonna be good everything I, I i really like most of the card i really do yeah there's a lot of storytelling on this pay-per-view and from top to bottom pretty much uh i like i said i'm all you know how big of a fan of uh, josh alexander as i am um just the storytelling between him and eddie edwards the yep. brief time that they've had it um, Christ, if it wasn't, honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that my uh, wedding anniversary is this weekend, I'd be at this pay-per-view because it's in Albany, uh, with, with Gavin, but, uh, you know, 
is what it is at this point. Uh, well, don't you my... plan on? Well, don't you plan on staying married? Uh, I, I, I plead not, the fifth not, for not, you. Not she doesn't, listen to, to, she not doesn't a, not... listen to the fucking show anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what, what I'm saying is, I mean, you have plenty more anniversaries coming up. I mean, come on, it's just one. Yeah. Or are you saying you won't be married if you go to that show? That's what I'm saying. Oh gosh, pull your pants up. There's high up as they're going to start becoming a bow tie if I pull them up any farther. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, check it out. Fight.tv uh, also on impact plus uh, as well. Uh, and I'm sure you probably could get a, overseas too. You could probably get on traditional pay-per-view as well. So check those two pay-per-views out. Definitely check out impact. Um, but something new we're going to try this week, guys. Uh, seeing that, uh, Brian is very opinionated, which I know it's shocking to a lot of you. We're going to have a new segment each and every week in our first count. It's called Referent Reviews of the Week, um, where Brian takes a look at the current state of uh, professional wrestling referees currently in the business. Brian, I, you know, last week we had a lot. You had a lot to say. Uh, if you want to know what Brian said, take a look on uh, last week's episode. But uh what did you see this week as far as the uh, refereeing pool? Well, believe it or not, I don't have a lot to say. Um, okay. I felt like this was a very good week uh, for the referees. Um, I didn't see anything that really caught my eyes. Um, I did obviously see every week certain things that just will never change. Um, but that's not worth me getting into because it's not going to change. Um but otherwise, I felt like this was a pretty good, strong week for the ref referee crews out there. So I'm going to take my hats off to them. So, so there you go. So you said, um, what did you say I was? Opinionated? Opinionated. Yeah, well, that's okay. See, you're wrong. So I'm not. Um, not today. Well, not, 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 not this week, anyways. Not today. I'm sure it'll. No, not this week. We'll, what we'll I'm just, doing, I'm well, hopefully, hopefully this is this, this new thing we're doing. Hopefully. This would be something that the referees pay attention to and don't want to get on that list. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's never it's never to 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 hurt anybody. It's not. It's to really help. And like this week, like I said, there's nothing much to talk about. That's great. That's that's what I want. I don't want to talk about anything. To be honest with you, I want to talk about good things and maybe start noting good things that I see when I see a good week. So I'm gonna to have to step up my game too and make notes and really make this something that uh, everybody enjoys and looks forward to every week. Yeah, a lot, a lot of wrestling this week. A lot of wrestling this weekend. Take a look, like I said, guys. Impact on Friday. WWE in Extreme Rules on Saturday. I'm really digging these Saturday pay-per-views too, Brian. These Friday, Saturdays, they're absolutely phenomenal. I can actually watch the whole damn thing instead of trying to stay awake on Sunday. No, I, I'm with you, man. I'm just like, uh, you know, it's like football. Sunday night football, Monday night football. It kills me. Today I felt so bad at work doing things around it was just like, ugh. But I'm a football guy. And by the yeah. way, did you know that me and my opponent in fantasy football tied this week? Did really? Yes. I've well, never seen it in fantasy football. And I've been doing fantasy football for a long, long time. Well, how um, is that possible? I don't know. And I don't know how that works. Uh, but it's not a loss. That's good. Well, uh, I, I, I accept cash bribes. And um, no, I'm joking. But I'm not. Well, really then I need to win. I need to win. <laughs> Uh, we tied at 91, bud. Yeah. Hmm. I'll have to take a look and at that. Yeah. We need to figure out something there. Maybe we can, I don't know. I'm just going to, who is it? Who is it anyway? 
Oh, I you know, know I'd have I'd have to look. Let me take a gander because that's okay. Because I'm gonna punk him out, and I'm just taking a win. I let me let me take a look because I'm not even sure off the top of my head. I dude, there's so much. Oh man, there's just so many freaking leagues I'm in too, and it's just not the one that um, that I set up for the sh- the shows. Uh, I'm getting my ass kicked. To be honest with you, but you know, uh, next year, you know, next year, what I want to do, uh, next year, what I want to do for the Reffing It Up League. Um, I want to get, I'm going to let uh, 12, no, 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 uh, 10 fans be in our league. And sure. it's going to be our listeners. And we're going to put a league together that way. Um, it is, I believe this is uh, my buddy Nick from Ohio. Nick okay, Haddix. Well, okay. Well, you tell Nick he got an L. That's an L. <laughs> I'll, 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 um, I'll message him now. Shit, you're yeah. not fucking kidding. 91, 91. Yeah, I didn't even know well, there was a time problem. Well, in. Well, at least, well, at least at least you didn't lose. Well, that's what I've done all year. So, <laughs> well, as as I as I see there, I'm yeah, as I see that, yeah. Um, but oh yeah, def- definitely, uh, definitely a uh, thought for next year, definitely. Uh, but without further ado, uh, let's send it up to our second count and uh, let's ask Hebner anything. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your second count. All right, Brian. So we got a big list of questions. So first and foremost, thank you to each and every one of you that submitted your questions. We'll try to get them all in as as much as we can. If we didn't, we apologize. But we'll start. Ladies first, of course. Yes, we have a a woman listener. And I think that that's like shocking to most people. But... uh, her name, Sarah Walker, wants to know if there was a Mount Rushmore of referees, who would you have in it and why? Uh, well, you got to start obviously with Earl and Dave Hebner. I mean, um, Joey Morella. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I'm answering it the way she's asking, right? She doesn't want to know about moments, she wants to know about refs, correct? Correct. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think it's got to start with your old school. Uh, Tim White's, um, you know, those, those referees, Dick Kroll, um, Tommy I Young. Dick Kroll. I remember Dick Kroll, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tommy Young. Um, th- to me, those those are the guys. Those are the guys that, that set the ways in the past for uh, where we are today. And it's just a shame that a lot of referees that don't watch and follow what they did because they would learn quite a bit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's where I definitely, definitely think that Mount Rushmore is. So how about we'll do, you know, you did a lot of the old school referees there. How about some of the newer school referees, uh, within, let's say within the last, last 20 to 30 years. Um, I would say Mike Chioda. Okay. Um, I would say Jimmy Corderas, Charles Robinson. Um, Trying to rattle my brain. What about um, uh, what about a Nick Patrick? I mean, he did a lot for the business. I, I I was a great, I mean, great friend with him. Didn't dig his style. So if you like his yeah. style, yeah, sure. I mean, his style was very old school, which is there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, I just didn't prefer it because I just felt like it was dated. But I mean, yeah, you could still watch his stuff. It's just you know, I just don't know nowadays if that works. Yeah, you know, I was a big fan of uh, Chad Patton too. I don't know if you worked with him when he was when you were with uh, WWE, right? Yeah, 
I worked with him a lot. Well, thank you for that, Sarah. Uh, Lenny Bakken is up next. He, next, excuse me. He says, great meeting you at Top Guy Weekend. Uh, we hear about wrestlers' kids sometimes having a hard time in the business because they are compared to their parents' accomplishments. Did you ever experience anything like this from other referees when you first started, or were you immediately accepted? Um, now, obviously, me and you have touched on this in an episode. Yep. Um, yes, I did. I was affected. Yes, absolutely. Um, a lot of the referees did not accept me in my opinion and also treating me very differently. And it was expected by me. I mean, I knew this going in. I did. Um, it, it, it went away. It went away. And then, you know, uh, the, those of you who didn't listen to the episode that I talked about this a little bit, um, was that, um, in order to get away from it, I had to get off the ring crew. So in WWE, WWF, uh, I was on the ring crew and the ref. And that was a, you know, that's what most referees do anyway nowadays is work both of those jobs and then get elevated to just as a referee, um, which is considered a promotion, obviously. Uh, but the way I got away with it and away from it is that uh, Jim Ross took me off of the ring crew and made me a full-time referee um, probably three years, four years into my career in WWE. And that was not going to be good for the other boys, but it was what it was. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're friends, but I mean, I understand what it was. I mean, it was just, it's called player hate, yeah. um, drinking that haterade and, um, you know, it is what it is, man. And I showed them that they were wrong. I wasn't just there cause my dad was Earl Hebner and my uncle was Dave. Yeah. I was there because, uh, I was the real deal and, and showed why I was there and why I was not on the ring crew. But yeah, it, it, it doesn't stop. I mean, it's there everywhere, man. Uh, Lenny, it's, it's, it is what it is, man. It's part of the part of life, but it was not that bad. It, it, it's funny just by doing the show since, you know, I believe was it March that we started the show just in that brief time that we've been doing the show when we've been talking back and forth off air. And it's just, it, it, I, I knew there was, you know, stories out there, but it's just not from even just sitting there and talking with you and even Kyoto there at top guy weekend in Chicago there. And it's just like seeing that it's just like, dude, it's, everybody's like, Oh, I thought, I thought, I thought I couldn't tell you how many times I've had, I had people come up to me either in person or online. Dude, I thought, I thought Kyoto and, and Hebner had heat. I'm like, I don't know. They seem good to me, to be honest with you. They're talking to each other. They got each other's numbers. They talk online or excuse me. They talk over the phone. They talk in person, whatever. I'm like, my understanding, they're good. <laughs> you know? So, so listen, me, me and Kyoto even talked about it face to face. Okay. Yeah. The, there's, there's, there, there's nothing wrong with us. We love each other. Yeah, um, yeah. And we respect each other's work. We both think that the other one's great. We do. I think he's great. He says he thinks I'm great. You know what I mean? They think that we do very marvelous work and done laid a path and a road that other people should be watching. Our problem was we were competitive and we both wanted to win. And there's nothing wrong with that. My, my dad, my mom didn't raise me to be a loser or to accept losing as an acceptance. Right. And if anybody's raising their kid to see, teach that, which nowadays a lot are, cause everybody wins and everybody gets a fucking trophy. Um, no, you didn't get a trophy. If you lost in my house, you got shit. So in other words, you either win or learn how to win, or you just be a loser. And I don't know if that's harsh or what, but that's the way it was back then. And 
that's the way it is for my kids. And that's the way it is. That's the way it is to me in the world. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't go into a job of any sort, which referee is one of them, obviously that I was going to be uh, a, a dark match referee or a secondary referee. No, I was going to be a main event motherfucker. And that's what I, my goal was. And that's what I did. And Kyoto was there also. And so we were fighting for the same spot. That's called competition. That's called rivalry. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we both agreed that was the issue we had with each other. Not each other at all. We loved each other. And when we were not in the ring competing and trying to beat each other because we wanted to be the top guy, we had a great time. We had a marvelous time. And we have lots of road stories. There's a, a fan that sent me a picture today. It had Mike Kyoto in it. It had Rey Mysterio without his mask. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> it had... It had uh, Matt Hardy. It had um, Charlie Haas, myself. It had, um, we were all at a bar and I, and gosh, I can't think of his name and I'm so stupid because I hung out with him all the time. But anyway. Was it like um, 2000, probably like 2004, that era? Oh, I, I have no idea, but I was young as shit. Because if uh, it was Kyoto probably, because was- if it was Charlie and Ray, that would probably have been the SmackDown year. So I would have guessed it was probably. Probably the, the 2004 to 2006 towards your towards the end there with your with the company. Yeah, um, the other guy, the other guy, and it was um, a train back in the day. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 Matt Bloom. Yes, yes. Um, so I know that they can't see this. Um, well, crap. I don't even know how I can show you either. But anyway, you can send um, it to me later. <laughs> okay, and then it had Dom Marie in it. I mean, it was just you know. So we party together. We had fun together. That's my yeah. point of bringing up that, that photo. Um, it's just, we we were fine. We were fine. It was just a, a, a two guys that didn't get raised to lose. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's all it was. That's yeah. all it was. And, if you, and if, for those of you that were at Top Guy Weekend or at the showcase in Chicago, you, you know, they were holding, uh, we'll, we'll say we'll holding court at the bar uh, between yourself and, and uh, Mike. So it was definitely great to see, great to be a part of. It was uh, awesome, man. Yeah. So uh, Richard Brown is up next. His first question of two is what, what is the craziest altercation you had with a fan or anyone in general while you were refereeing or wearing the stripes? Oh boy. Uh, a lot. Uh, <laughs> a lot. Uh, listen to the JBL one. You'll hear someone there as well. But um, I mean, I, I would say, Man, um, well, okay, here, here, here's a good one. So we're in Albany. No, 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 no. Sorry. We're in my bad. I'll think in a second. We're in Texas. I can't think of the town. Um, Abilene, Abilene, Texas. Uh, this is a TNA house show. And I was doing a, um, uh, Austin Aries and Zima Ion match. And this was like uh, right after intermission. And I don't know what it was, but in this town, these boys were getting just straight drunk. I mean, they were getting straight trash, which was awesome. I thought it was great because it was loud and they were all into everything. And uh, Austin Aries had some good heat at that point in time. Well, he's walking in, you know, up the ramp and goes to the right-hand side towards the steps. And this dude gets up out of his seat and spits and it gets all over Aries and Aries is hot. So all security goes with Aries to hold him back. And my ass jumps out the ring and confronts him 
he spits at me and I headbutted him right to his face. <laughs> um, and the guy's like bleeding all over the place. Um, I busted his nose like bad because he, he had stood up on the barricade and leaned over. And as he did that, that's when I just went, boop. And I headbutted him as hard as I fucking could right between his eyes. And um, needless to say, um, I got a lot of trouble and <laughs> I was suspended and fined. Uh, I was suspended for three months or actually two months. Um, and this is when um, <laughs> this is when Brother Love was in charge, Mr. Bruce Pritchard. And D'Lo told me when I got to the hotel that he knew. Well, first of all, I had to kiss his ass and his whole family. I had to give T-shirts, all this stuff um, during the show. I had to take him to the bar that was attached to the actual building, buy him drinks all night long. This was what I was told I had to do. Um, and so I did all that. Of course, he hits up the merch team, which, thank God, was one people who travel with me. Uh, so I was good friends with those. So they were able to kayfabe all the free stuff they had to give him, which is great because he didn't sue the company or nothing, which could have been. Um, I had to talk to Dixie. Uh, it was a mess. Uh, but I was doing what old school wrestling was. And I just had to remember that I was not in that era anymore. Yeah. And I found out real quick when I had to call Bruce as soon as I got off the phone because uh, this happened on a Saturday night. And we flew home early Sunday morning. And when I landed, I turned my phone on and I had a message and it said, Bruce wanted me to call him. And I knew exactly, obviously what it was about. He suspended me in November for all of November, all of December with no pay. And uh, I was able to resume back in January. So yeah, that's that. I would say that was the, that was a good one. So he didn't love you. No, he, he well, he did. He felt bad yeah. for me. He really did because he understood what I was doing. Because he, dude, it's Bruce Pritchard. Bruce mm -hmm. Pritchard's been around everything, and referees were supposed to protect the boys, you know, yeah. for for the most part back in the day. So, like he told me, he said, "Man, you got to do, you got to do this, you got to do this. I have to do this, I have to do that." I know what you did, and I actually appreciate what you did, but you can't do that shit no more. And I said, yeah. "I know." He said, "I'm not going to fire you, but I should, but I'm not." I said, "Okay." He said. Just let our security team handle it. I said, Bruce, there was nobody there. Brian, keep your ass in the ring. I said, okay. So that's what it was. So, yeah, that's that's one of the many stories that I have. <laughs> and if you want to actually hear that story on full, I believe that was talked about on the Austin Aries episode when we had him on as well, I believe. I think we did, I think. But you put a little bit more context to it as well. So that made it that made it a little bit better too for, on this episode. But um, Richard's next question is, do you have any good or bad memories of working in Canada? None at all. Good or bad? I don't have any good. Well, uh, I have a lot of bad. Um, I've been kicked out of there twice. The, the uh, country or? Yeah, the country. Yes, okay. the country. Um, I've had to sneak in the country uh, through uh, JR with a secret pass, um, flew into a different airport than everybody else. Uh, so I could get into the country. Um, I mean, listen, Canada's just not good for heavens. It's just not, um, <laughs> for obvious reasons, I think that most yeah, people right. would know. Um, but no, I mean, Canada's good. It's fun. It's just, I don't know the the pay was different. We called it blue checks back then. Uh, they were less, much less than what we got paid in the States. So, you know, the money wasn't good or as good. The money was always good, but the money wasn't as good. Um, 
I don't know, sucked to go in and out of there because you felt like a criminal. Uh, it just, uh, you know, Canada's okay. I, I have a lot of Canadian friends that I don't, you know, I, I love them to death. And I know that <laughs> we all joke around, the ones that know me really good, how um, I love Canada and how they, you know, we joke about that. Uh, but no, Canada's good. It's okay. Uh, just not for me. All right, well, thank you for those, Richard. Our next person is John Price. He said, if you had a ref ask you what matches you ref to watch, which would you choose, keeping in mind they want to keep, they want to up their game, of course? Hmm. There's a lot, man, really. Um, I, I, I would, I would, my, my, always my go to is Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle. Uh, WrestleMania, that's always my go-to. Uh, I, I felt like my work was absolutely just really good. I was really, really on point. Um, I would also go back to the uh, Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar match. Uh, that was another good one. And there was many, actually, in, in, in actual TNA. Um, trying to think of one, you know, really good one. Um, what about the, the, um, the, the Kurt Angle and... Um... Jarrett match, that cage match that you did. No, that was a good one too. But but see, I can't count cage matches as something to watch, to go back oh, on and okay. watch. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I would say though that the one with Kurt Angle, Ken Anderson, Jeff Hardy, three way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was a really good one. So there, there, there are several that I could go back to and, and feel feel really proud to to show another referee to up their game, really. But um uh, yeah, those are those are three right off the top of my head. I know there's more. I did a lot with Bobby Roode too when he was champion. I was really proud of. Um, mm -hmm. Also, uh, there was a, a bunch of Motor City Machine Guns early in their career when they had that feud with um, Beer Money. Those yeah. are some good ones. Those were some really good ones too as well. So yeah, I mean, there's there's several I can go back to, but I mean, the top three I would think would be the Kurt Angle. Well, the, the number one was Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I felt the best ever right there with that one. Um, the Brock Lesnar Kurt Angle match was really good. That triple, I just said the triple threat match. That was another one. And then some of my tag work. So yeah, that was, uh, yeah. that's what I was showing. When even a lot of you work with, uh, with Taker too, I know you did the one with him and Kane at WrestleMania 20. And it just goes to show you that as a referee, this is just strictly my opinion, just by watching wrestling as long as I have, you referee a big man match differently than you would an angle versus um, Michael's match. You know what I mean? I would think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm working and portraying that I'm a very intimidated, scared referee. That's probably in a match you shouldn't have. That's, that's the, 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 the selling point that I want to give out. I don't want to show that I'm a big, strong referee. That's not what, you know, no, you're with two of the biggest, baddest dudes in the company. You're, you're, you <laughs> You know, you got to show that, you know, and I, hey, look, I'm not a big guy. Anybody that's seen me in person knows I'm not a big guy. I do stay in shape, but that doesn't mean I'm a big guy. Right. I'm just a small and shape dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, but no, uh, that's, that's just like, that's the kinds of things I talk about when I'm talking about being a good referee. You know, you have to sell the position you're in, you know, and the position I'm in is with the undertaker and Kane. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not bad at all. I'm just, I'm just, trying to get out of there. I'm just trying to count yeah. one, two, three, go to fuck up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I get that. I get that. Uh, especially when you're in Madison square garden, the Mecca of professional wrestling pretty much. Uh, but our next question comes from Gerald from bodyslam.net. He asked, uh, you said before you left that executives were shopping impact around. 
Yes. Any more context or detail you can provide on that? The only the only detail I can give you is that any of your smaller promotions that aren't on major networks are continually always shopping networks because that's just part of what it is. Everybody wants to be on a bigger stage and everybody wants to get paid more money. And in the bigger stage that you're on, the more money you're getting paid. Um, so the only thing I can tell you, other than what you knew that I told you, there's nothing more that I know. But I can just tell you that they're going to always shop networks. That's just what they're going to do. Companies like that, Ring of Honor right now, uh, MLW, um, anybody else I'm forgetting? New Japan, uh, maybe. New Japan, yeah, ab know. absolutely. I mean, they're all shopping networks. People like AEW and WWE are trying to stay on the network they're on. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, you look at WWE, they went from, what, Spike TV to uh, USA, back to Spike, yeah. and, or whatever that jump was, or USA to Spike, back to USA. Yeah. Uh, they were shopping networks. That's how that happens. And then would they? They were on UPN at one time with SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Then SmackDown went to what was it uh, after that? Uh, uh, CW. Yeah, CW. And then now ultimately they're on Fox. So there's constant shopping when you're not on a big, big network. So do I think and do I know anything? I, I think I know everything, but I don't think I do know everything. <laughs> but anyway. Right. Uh, but no, they're definitely shopping. I mean, it, I don't think there's anybody that could say to you that was in a higher position that would tell you that no was the answer. Cause that's, that's not true. Yeah. They're all shopping networks and they should be, they should be. I mean, wouldn't y'all as impact wrestling fans be a lot happier if they were on a bigger platform. That's right. what they're trying to do. Right. All right. So our next question comes from fellow referee, uh, current NWA referee, Jared Fritz. Uh, he asked, what's your favorite type of workout to do? Only Jared would ask that question. I, I knew that as soon as he sent that in, because I, I asked him because he, uh, I, I DM him every once in a while, see how he's doing and stuff. And uh, he's like, hey, I'm like, you got a question for Brian? We're doing a, um, uh, ask Hebner anything. So, like, oh, do this. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> well, hello, Jared. Love you, buddy. Um, well, my favorite workout is my chest day, uh, which I did yesterday. And my chest is screaming, uh, which means I really did it. I did good. And I did it on a Sunday, um, football day. And that's only because the commanders pissed me off so much. I just <laughs> couldn't stand anymore. And I wanted to go lift the gym. Um, but yeah, so I love my chest day. I really do love chest day. And I love uh, changing it between – uh, flat bench, incline and decline to dumbbells. Uh, and I love doing dips when I do dumbbells because I feel like inside, outside dips are really what uh, really gives you the definition. So that's that's my favorite workout. I love doing all of it, really. Um, I think my worst day that I hate is back day. Um, but I do it, and it's my lightest workout as far as time-wise. So that's hopefully, you know, when we do a short episode and I have to edit it, that's the one I want to want to do back with. Yeah, there you go. Uh, now, I was, I don't think I've ever asked you this before because uh, it's never really came up. You know, a lot of people say, okay, you're, yeah, there's in ring shape and then there's like cardio shape. There's all this. What do you do to stay in ring shape as far as like cardio goes, to, you know, to last, you know, for sometimes, you know, you've done Ironman matches before, you've done main events before that. You know, they'll go a half hour, 45 minutes, whatever the case may be. How do you, what do you do in the gym to really stay in ring shape? I, I'll be honest with you. This may trip some people out. Um, I don't do anything for cardio, nothing. 
Um, I know that by not being a referee currently right now, I am not in ring shape. I know that um, because I'm winded now at certain things that never used to win me um, because I'm not running around like I used to. And I'm not doing it often like that. You know what I mean? So I think because of the long career I've had and, and, and the um, doing it all the time is what was my cardio. I think that was my cardio running around. Um, I'm a big sweater. I sweat a lot. And, uh, I just think that, um, the cardio I did in the ring was basically the cardio all I needed. So there's two things in a gym I don't do. And they will be very obvious to people, uh, if they were to ever just like really look at me really good. And that's, um, cardio and, um, uh, legs. Don't do legs. Well, you don't have to color me surprised, but we'll just move on from that because that can't really go anywhere good for me or you. So, yeah, uh, that's, that's fine. <laughs> so I have muscular next... legs. I have muscular legs. They're just teeny. So, you know, you get the, you get you have the uh, chicken leg uh, syndrome, right? Yeah, I like them. They're easy to keep <laughs> clean and exactly. You know. Yeah, yeah that, so. that that that's that. There's nothing good that can come from that. But anyways, uh. <laughs> Brad Thanks, Stanton. Jared. Thanks, Jared. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, you getting thanks, us all Jared. the way there. We got yeah. us all the way there, Jared. All the way there. Uh, so Brad Stanton is up next. He asks, uh, how did you feel when Josh Alexander first won the championship and then Moose called his shot in front of his family? Were you a fan of it or uh, was it too far? Uh, I was I, I was disappointed. You know, mm-hmm. and I know it's storyline, but still, it was such a great moment. And I, it was, it was, it was good though. I mean, it was, it was good. And it, it just, it just kind of sucked in a way. Like, you know, cause I'm a huge Josh fan and it was like, and I know it's story. I know that guy. So I'm not, believe me, I'm just saying, I thought it sucked in a way for him. And then his poor little son didn't know anything and of course he sees his dad get beat up after he wins the title and it gets stripped of it i mean it's just crazy and and you know what i did not know a whole lot about that i, I really did i mean i knew that ultimately what was going to happen but i did not know to that degree so it was kind of shocking to me too i don't know if they were kayfabe me thinking i was going to go to uh dirt sheets or something i don't know but anyway i think they wanted to keep it a surprise kind of thing and, and that's fine but i mean i, I thought it kind of sucked for josh but i understand it was story it worked um, and it made it look better or even more better for Josh when he actually really won it. So yeah. that was a tough one. That, that, a great question too, by the way, Brad, great yeah. question. Uh, Chris Sharp is up next. He's got three questions kind of go coincide with each other. Uh, his first one is what are five things every referee needs or needs to do, uh, to be successful? Well, for, before I start answering the question, I first of all, I want to say hello, Chris Sharp. Uh, Chris Sharp is a referee in NXT UK. Okay. Uh, didn't know he submitted this question, which is great. Um, but I also want to tell everybody that that's the hardest working motherfucker I've ever met to reach his goal ever. That guy's been trying to be a referee for probably, gosh, probably as long as I've been in the business. Um, and finally got a break, man. And, uh, doing big things and doing good things. And so, and I'll, and actually down the road, he's actually related to me. Um, I, I don't, don't know exactly how that family tree works. I know his mom is related to my dad somehow. And I, I'm, Chris, don't kill me. I know I should know this, but, um, <laughs> but anyway, no, thanks for the question. So, um, now that I got off track, we're just trying to put him over cause he should be put over. What was the question? One more time. 
what are five things every referee needs to do to be successful? Um, to me, the five things you need to be or need to know is how to position yourself. Positioning is, is one of the most important things that a referee needs to do. Um, you can't be, you know, you, you can't be in the wrong places at the wrong time because it just buries the, 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 the talent. It buries camera shots. Uh, it's just a very, very important aspect of being a referee. Uh, second, I would say that false finishes. Um, I can't put into words how a false finish, if not done properly, can just kill all the work that the wrestlers put into trying to tell story and make you believe the finish is there. Um, it's, it's, it's something that you have to work on. Everyone has to work on. Um, I learned, you know, from, from my father, I learned from Kyoto, as a matter of fact, uh, how to do a swiping technique and everybody can do it, but it's how you do it and do it right. That's the thing. Your cadence doing a false finish is also very, very important. So cadence is also very important. So that number three would be the cadence part. So false finishes are number two. Number three would be cadence. Cadence is very, very important because there's so many referees that I see that still do that are trying not to do. I won't mention any names, but they're trying very hard that I know the finish is there every time because it's a one, two, three, as opposed to one, two, three, like their normal counts are during the whole match. Um, and I feel that's very, very important to not cheat the finish. Um, fourth, I would say you always need to have a clear mind and have a great memory to realize and remember everything that goes on into a match. Um, that's so important to, to, to have is, is a good memory. Um, and I don't have a good memory, but I do have a good memory when it comes to being a referee. I, I, I just turn it on for that. Um, RJ can ask me who I saw at Top Guy Weekend and tell me exactly what the guy I saw and met and talked to, and I won't remember the guy. Um, and he'll tell you that. It's just, you know, I have a great knack of um, keeping memory for wrestling. It's just, I don't know, it's weird. Um, and then last, and, and, and the, I guess number five would be um, that you need to always get more of the match than just the finish. Getting just the finish is not going to make you a good referee. You need the how. The, I know some people aren't talented enough to get the whole match and remember it. That's something, once again, I was very blessed at memory-wise, um, not in other aspects of my life. Once again, I'll stress that. So if somebody meets me and says, oh, I met you in so-and-so, and I've never met you before in my mind, that's why. But um, but I can tell you what the last spot was that I just did. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So you really just have to really try and learn and just focus on trying to get a whole match and not just the finish. And so many referees nowadays go up to guys because I hear it in the locker room. I heard it. At Top Guy Weekend, what's the finish? What's the finish? Who gives a fuck what the finish is? Learn all the rest of it. The finish is the easiest thing to remember. So remember the other stuff that's not so easy that maybe you're involved in or, you know, or you could help in. So those are my five things I think that or every referee needs to be successful. Okay. This next one is what makes what's something that makes a good referee good and a bad referee bad? Well, I touched on it last week. Um, you know, uh, I think Bryce is a good referee, but I think he's a very bad referee when he has to do all the shenanigans and all the uh, overselling, overselling. And it's just, it's, you know, that's how, that's how a bad referee looks like a bad referee uh, or a funny one. Cause that's what I like to call it. Cause I think it's funny when he does that. I don't think it's cute. I just think it's funny. Um, I think a good referee is a good referee that you notice only when he does something crazy and good. 
the meaning, wow, that referee was in the right spot. Can you believe that? Or wow, that, I thought that was it. That means you're doing a good job. If they don't notice you at all, people say that that's a good referee. I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, if you never noticed me in the ring, then why the hell would you care about me? Right. Um, you know, so I, I think that if you're noticed by doing good things, that's a good referee. Um, doing bad things and making mistakes and, and not remembering finishes, that's what makes a bad referee. Right. So this next one, he, the last one he has for, uh, for you is you've touched on this a little bit. So if you could think of somebody else, you know, go for it. But um, if not, we can move on to the second part of it. He says, uh, who are some referees you look up to and maybe borrowed mannerisms from, and who are some young referees to look out for today, either on uh, major promotions or independence? Um, I, I, I'm just being honest here. Um, I took a lot of stuff from my dad, but I updated it. Mm-hmm. In other words, I uh, used some stuff he did, but I just made it new. Uh, me and him joke about that all the time. He's like, oh, you stole my shit. I said, no, I, I always tell him, I didn't, you're right, I did steal your shit, but I made it better. Uh, <laughs> and we just joke, you know, we joke around like that. But no, I, I, seriously, that's what I did. I just took stuff from him and made it better. Um, and then I stole some stuff from Kyoto. I really did. And, um, and I, I actually talked to him about that while we were at the uh, top guy weekend and he kind of laughed and he's like, I never noticed it, but then kind of, I did notice it. I just didn't realize you actually stole it. I was like, Oh no, I, I didn't steal it. I, I ripped it off. You. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, I would, I honestly, I would say that Kyoto and my dad are the two biggest, um, people I borrowed mannerisms and stuff like that from. And then of course, you know, I added my own stuff. I mean, you know, you got to put your own stuff in there. I have to be an individual. So, I mean, I'm not going to take all their stuff and just make that neat, but I'm going to take certain things that I like, put it in my repertoire and, uh, yeah, that's what I did. Um, as far as referees now um, that I think uh, to look out for for tomorrow, um, I think Chris, not just because you asked me, I think Chris is one. Um, I think Daniel Spencer's one. Um, I also think that um, uh, Jared, I think Jared could be one as well. There's some things I would love to go over with Jared. And Jared asks me all the time and wants to know, wants to learn, which is cool. Um, but you know, it's, it's hard to tell that it really is. It's a tough question, but, um, you know, and I've just, I just overstressed, you know, and I mean this when I say this, you know, these referees nowadays just have to stop overselling things. I mean, that's just killing it. And, um, it's getting better. The three that I named, I mean, they, you know, they, they sell the right things at the right time. Um, there's still work to do with some of them. Um, but, but those are the three that I think that come to the top of my head. And I also like that one kid and I mentioned him on a tweet in WWE. I said, this kid's not bad. I didn't know his name and somebody gave it to me. And I can't remember who it was. Do you oh, remember that? Um, yeah, I know. Oh crap. I, I remember who you're talking about. I, name escapes me at the moment. Um, but I knew who you were talking about. It was during the women's match, right? I believe so. I believe so. I, I just thought he did a really good job, man. I thought he was spot on. I thought his cadence was wonderful. His false finishes I bought, which is great because that's that's really good if you're fooling me. Um, I saw very minimal of anything of cues. Um, yeah, so and I don't know how long he's been in the business either. I don't, you know, so maybe he's been around and he's a seasoned vet. I don't know. I, I just I just thought he was uh, doing a great job. Yeah, I can't. Oh, crap. For the life, I know who you're referring to, but I can't remember for the life of me his name though. Uh, so thank you, Chris, for those questions. Really do appreciate it. Uh, next up is Impact Elitist. He said, "Did you ever consider being an active in-ring talent?" When I was young and dumb. 
Uh, yeah, when I was young, I did. I thought I was going to, I was in the mirror and I was talking promos and Jack, like just all jacked up and flexing and thinking I was like, yeah, oh yeah, I absolutely did. Um, but that quickly changed, uh, as I got older and realized I wasn't getting any bigger and, uh, and just, yeah. Um, no, I, I did when I was young, like I said, jokingly, really, I'm being serious. When I was younger and dumber, uh, I really did. Uh, refereeing was not something I really wanted to do as be a wrestler is what I really ultimately wanted to do. Um, but I, I think I made the right career choice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was something that I tinkered in my mind. Uh, Austin Williams is up next. He asked thoughts on Shawn Michaels. And did you ever get a chance to referee many of his matches? Well, I said earlier uh, to one of the questions, uh, obviously I was blessed to do the Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels match. Uh, for WrestleMania. And, uh, you know, honestly, he, he wasn't very happy about me being the referee at first. Uh, this is something we also touched on on another episode. I don't remember which one it was, but because um, Mike Kyoto was his boy uh, on Raw. And I was Kurt Angle's boy on SmackDown because this is a Raw versus SmackDown uh, deal. <clears throat> so he ended up, you know, buying into Kurt and Kurt telling him how great I was and all that kind of thing. And Ultimately came to me at the end of the match and said, I did a hell of a job and had a hell of a future and that kind of thing. So other than that, there was not many moments with me and Shawn Michaels at all. Thank you, Austin. Um, Next question. Uh, We got three more left, so we'll try to get these in. um, Hey, RJ, let's let's do two more. Two more? Okay. Two more. Uh, So he, we got uh, Missy Taylor. She asked... Yes, another woman. I, I, I'm i shocked, too. I know you recently retired, but do you see yourself in the future returning in any capacity? If you ask me right now, no. Um, if you ask me next year, maybe. Um, and it wouldn't be a referee capacity at all. Uh, I would, you know, I've always wanted to dabble into being a backstage agent. Um and doing a backstage role of sorts. So if that were something that were on the table for me, you know, maybe something that I would consider coming out of retirement, you know, getting back into the wrestling world. But right now the answer to that question is absolutely not. Um, very, very happy and very, very pleased with my choice uh, timing wise. And, um, you know, I've got kids and family and, I just, you know, I, I cherish it very much. And I know that we don't live forever. Uh, wrestling will always be there. Uh, your family may not, you know. So that's the way I'm thinking right now. And maybe I'll get an itch one day. But right now, I don't have one at all. I don't miss the travel at all. I don't miss sleeping in hotels at all. Um, I do miss the boys. I do miss backstage. I do miss actually refereeing. But but in order to do that, you have to do all the things I don't miss. And that's right. why I'm I'm good to go. Yeah. Understand that. Never say never, folks. That's one that's thing right. I learned. Uh, so our last question comes from Gavin. Imagine that. Uh, he asked, what's your favorite match you refed? Um, and I put a little addendum on this outside of ones that you mentioned on this show. So outside of the Brock and Angle match, the Angle and Sean match, other ones that you... Um, that you ref that you've one of your favorites. That that's very, very easy. Um because no other referee's done it and no other referee will ever do it. And that's Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon. There you um, go. I was uh completely honored 
when I got given that paper uh, that told me that I was flying in two weeks before WrestleMania uh, to to uh, ref this match. It was um, a huge, huge career moment for me. It wasn't the best match I've ever ref. That's why you'll never hear it come up when it comes to that. Right. But it was the most over-glamified match I've ever done in my life. You're talking about star power. There's no bigger star power in a wrestling world than Vincent Mann and Hulk Hogan. And I am completely, completely honored to say that mm-hmm. I was the referee. Roddy Piper was involved. I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So, Gavin, that was my biggest match I've ever been involved in. Yeah. So that is actually WrestleMania 19. Uh, and I Seattle. Was Seattle, yep. Yeah. Uh, Safeco Field. Yes. And uh, that was actually, I will tell him that uh, he's got to watch that with us. So anyways, that for peek behind the curtain, that it was my son's question. So I saved it for last. So sue me. So, All anyways, right, this, one more, RJ, one more. All right. So let's go to our next question. Last question is Phil Jordan. He said, what is your biggest influence to join the wrestling industry and uh, did your dad and uncle have anything to do with it? So well, we obviously they, too. Yeah, obviously they did. Um, but it was something I always knew I was going to get involved in. It, it just was something I knew uh, as a kid, when your dad does it and that's all, you know, and you travel with him up and down those roads in a, in a, in a blue painted bus uh, setting up the ring and just, you know, being very involved as a little kid. It's just something I knew I was going to be involved in. So, you know, they, they were a strong, huge influence of me getting in the industry, obviously. Um, but yeah, that, that was uh, something that was never uh, in question for me in my life. Uh, you know, like once I, I hate saying this all the time because we cover so much and that's great. So you guys can go back and listen to things, but I've also said on my, you know, past episodes that I've done um, that I passed up a, a scholarship in college to, uh, pursue my life and dreams in, in wrestling. So that's a, you know, wrestling's always been a big thing for me. And I'll always say this, that uh, wrestling has given me everything in my life that I've got. So I owe everything to wrestling and totally respect it. And that's why sometimes I get on tirades uh, that you joke about and fans joke about, <laughs> but it's, it's the passion I have. That's what it is. Yeah. It's the passion. And I hate to see people disrespect the, the, the business that I've worked so hard to be in. So, yeah, I would say that that would be a, uh, Huge influence would be my Uncle Dave and my dad, Earl. Yeah. All right. So that's going to be it for all our questions. So thank you to everyone that asked uh, questions. Maybe this is something we do in the future, Brian. Uh, something to think about. Um, thought it was a good uh, good time uh, for us to do it on this episode. Um, but let's set it up to the third count and get uh, talk about some good buddies of ours. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your third count. Count. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, a big, big weekend for professional wrestling. Whatever you're watching this week, make sure you watch. You got Impact Friday Night Bound for Glory. Hell of a pay-per-view. Hell of a card. Check them out. Go over to fight.tv. Check them out right now. Order it. Or if you're part of Impact Plus, it'll be right there as well. Uh, WWE Extreme Rules on Saturday another banger of a card you never know what's going to happen make sure you watch that as well man brian what an episode uh why don't we get uh, some shout outs to a couple of our boys hey real quick um just touching on that real quick uh i just thought about this as you were talking mm-hmm. so we have wrestling monday tuesday wednesday mm-hmm. thursday friday saturday, saturday. 
Sunday. We've got and wrestling every day this week. And then football on Sunday. And then football on Sunday. And then this is pretty ironic, I think. So Bountiful Glories on Friday, but so is SmackDown and so is Rampage. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be tough. Well, you you see a lot of you see what uh, a lot of fans making some sacrifices to uh, record one and watch the other or what have you. So it'll be interesting to see the uh, numbers coming out uh, probably uh, next week sometime. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, can't hurt Rampage right now. Anyway, they're not doing anything. True. Uh but uh, no, a couple of our boys. You know, JD's doing fantastic work. I talked to him almost on the daily. Man, he's just. Every every week, absolutely dynamite with the graphics for this show, for other shows. Um, he's a busy dude. No, he really is, man. I'll tell you, I was, I think one of my favorites so far that he did was Joe's. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. really, really cool, man. It, it was uh, the way it evolved, uh, his career. Yeah. It was really, really neat. And, man, J.D., I, I cannot thank you enough, man. It's um just very awesome and very appreciative that you are on the team of Reffing It Up and uh, – Wow, it's just awesome stuff. Uh, you guys, if you got anything you need done, man, you need to hit this guy up. Yeah, he is at JD702 on Twitter, Instagram. Check him out. Another guy you need to check out, AJ McKay, man. Uh, we say it each and every week. Absolutely banger of an intro. Uh, you probably have heard his voice all over the country and all over the world. You know, ever since he did our opening and sent it there. And by the way, AJ, you owe me something. You owe me a surprise. I'm waiting for you. Uh, <laughs> no pressure, buddy. No pressure. Trust me. Um, but no. Um, but ever since he did the uh, opening for our show, I, I can't never not not hear him on something. Yeah. Whether it be radio, whether it be TV, it's amazing. It's amazing. And um, people that are really like into Netflix and all that stuff, which I'm not. I'm a sports maniac. Uh, I have three favorite channels, and that's ESPN, one, two, and three. Yeah. Um, but uh, – Man, you know, when I play it for people, they're like, oh, he's the guy that does the Netflix for the new, I don't know the shows, yeah. uh, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that's him. They're like, how did you get him to do that? I mean, so it's, it's, he's a, a, a very, very talented guy, man. He's done, you've got to go to his website too and check out some of the stuff he's done where mm -hmm. it's, it's so different than what ours sounds like. And he's done other things like Sesame Street, you know, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. to ultra talented. I mean, just awesome. So thank you so much. Um, I play that more than you know, man. And it's not for me, but personally, but it's, I play it for a lot of people, a lot of people. And that's how I introduced them to our show. I'm like, well, here's the opening. And they're like, man, I got goosebumps listening to that. You damn right. Well, then let's yeah. listen to some reffing it up. Let's go. <laughs> no, if you check out, check out the show notes at the bottom here after you listen or during your list, when you're listening, it doesn't matter. All JD information will be there. All AJ's website will be there. All our socials will be there. So if you want to hit us up, we're at reffing it up on Instagram and the Twitter. Brian, what you got to close up shop? Uh, nothing much, man. I just really had a good time. Thank you for submitting all the questions. It was awesome. I really love that. Um, it is something I like to do. Uh, not often, but I like to do it. Uh, maybe make just make, make something special. I don't know. Uh, just to involve you guys, and I really, really, really do appreciate it. It was great questions, too. Some of them had me really scrambling my mind. Uh, mm -hmm. But, yeah, awesome. I really did enjoy it. I hope you guys enjoy it. But thank you so very much. Um, and once again, you can follow me on Instagram at, at Baby Hebner. Also on Instagram at Baby Hebner. So not too hard to mess up. If you get one, you get the other. At Baby sure. Hebner. 
So, and then next week, before we officially close shop, uh, we're going to be talking about Josh Alexander, a guy that we talked about quite a bit on this on the show. And we've talked about quite a bit on the show in general uh, over the uh, few months that we've been doing it. Uh, we're going to be talking about his career, what led up to his match against Moose at Rebellion 2022, a match that I was there personally to see uh, with Gavin. And uh, one hell of a match where Josh officially won this, the championship back, and he hasn't lost it yet. No, he hasn't, man. I don't see how he is and when he is, really. Um, Eddie Edwards is going to be stiff competition for him on Friday, uh, Bound for Glory. Uh, but, yes, I'm very, very excited about this one. Um, people are going to be very, very, very shocked about the career path that he got and went on to uh, be what he is now today, which is the uh, Impact World Champion. Uh, very, very excited about it, man. Um, I don't know what you're going to do because you're such a big fan of him. Are you going to be all right? Are you going to be able to handle yourself? I, I think I'll be able to handle myself a little bit. You know, I think okay. that's, there's, a, there's a number of people that I try not to uh, be a fan too much of on the show. And uh, um, he may be one of the one of the two or three. So, uh, well, let's uh, keep it together. Let's keep it together. And uh, I'll breathe. I'll, I'll do some yo I'll do some DDP yoga or something before or during or what whatnot to kind of compose myself. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, but we, the guys. We talked a little bit about working out uh, with the Jared question. Why don't you go to the gym and go do some cardio this week? I do enough cardio, man. I do about, believe it or not, between my, my day job and everything else, I do, I probably get about anywhere from 20 to 25,000 steps in a day. Okay. Anyway. So anyways, there, there's my cardio. I walk around a lot. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I, we'll close up shop on this. I actually got, um, got a, a, a bike. I've actually, on regular i try to do it when i'm off or a couple days a week i usually bike between three and five miles a day good for you man i yeah. uh i, I so. try to drive about three miles a day <laughs> hey, not trying hey. to run i'm not listen i'm not running i'm not biking anywhere unless i get scared as shit of something i'll run but other than that i'm not running anywhere no, I get that. And the only place you guys should be running to is to your nearest podcasting platform and checking out Reffing It Up each and every week. And we will see you right here next week on Reffing It Up with Brian Hebner. One, two, three. <laughs>